So welcome back to our City Builders online service this morning. It's great to have you with us. We will all remember 2020, the year everything changed. We've seen the best come out in people and people looking out for one another in our community. And we're also uh, uh, seeing people caring for one another. We're also seeing the worst, even in this state of disaster in uh, Victoria, which we de declare in the spirit this morning will come to an end. It's time for this state of Victoria to be opened. So uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for what you were doing on the earth. And Lord God, we thank you that you are in control. And right now we speak to every principality and every power and every hidden political force that is keeping our nation and our states in shutdown. And we command you to open up again in the name of Jesus. The thread through the messages has been so timely for those who have, who have been listening in over the last couple of months. Some of the messages have included, the, uh, we've talked about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We have talked about the spirit of truth and also the importance of having discernment in this, in this hour. We also spoke about what to do in times of transition. And we as a church are certainly in transi transition and have been for quite a while. And it seems that the nations are in transition. The last few weeks we've been talking about some very important things. We've been talking about building the foundations well, making the foundations more sure. This is so very, very important because the day will declare the work. Just this last week, I spoke about what we should really always be focusing on in the good times and in the bad, which is Christ on the inside of us. Uh, the scripture says that it is Christ in us that is the hope of glory. That life on the inside is a powerful seed and can become an indestructible life. This is the hidden mystery that will change the destiny of cities and transform whole nations, whole regions, maybe even nations. This morning, the whole of the earth is waiting for a new breed without greed. The whole of the earth doesn't need more Christians in ministry and prominent positions. But really what the earth needs to see is the rising of a Romans 8 company. It needs more Christians who've been overtaken on the inside by the life of Christ. This is what we really need in government. You are no value in government until Christ truly governs in you. When Joseph rose, it was Christ that was ruling in him. When Daniel stood, he stood with the government of God. This is what was happening. This is the future of the church. And I declare this morning that the church throughout the nations will remain open, and certainly in this city and this region. The greatest characteristics of the emerging church will not be its magnificent structures or striking edifices, but it will be Christ in you and Christ in me. The quality of the believer will be the defining characteristic of the future church. They will not be ordinary. They will not be perfect, but they will be exceptional and they will be extraordinary. This is what it was like the early church in the upper room there was an extraordinary presence about that group of uh, disciples that God gathered into the upper room. And then he poured out his Holy Spirit on them, which became the empowerment of the church. This morning, I wanted to focus for a while on building the inner you. Jesus is building his church. And if you can partner with him in the right way, he will do that for you personally. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, you are God's field, you are God's building. And this morning I wanted to focus on building your inner world to partner with God to do that. And I wanted to say that the inner you is the real you. The part of you that was designed to connect and relate to God. 
Let me explain about it, explain it this morning because the Bible talks about it. Firstly, I want to talk about his spirit for a minute, the spirit of the living God. In John chapter 4, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he said to her that God is spirit and that those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. And he said, the hour is now coming. And I believe that is speaking very personally to us today. God is spirit and those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. His spirit was poured out in the upper room so that from the inside we could begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. Secondly, our spirit, our human spirit. The Bible talks a lot about the spirit on the inside. It's talking about our heart. The Bible talks about the human heart a lot in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The book of Proverbs is really worth reading to pick up that word, the heart. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, it talks about the hidden man of the heart. And it is like when you are looking at a person, you can see the outside, you can see the shell, but on the inside there is a hidden man of the heart. And that is the real person, it is the real you, and this is what God is talking about. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 to 18 talks about the inward man. The scripture actually says, for the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day by day. So there is two parts there. The outward man, the inward man. Thirdly, this morning, there is the new man mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is what, what happens is that my human spirit, when I receive Christ into my life, is joined with God's spirit and the two become one. I have now become a new creation created in true righteousness and holiness, according to the scripture. If you really look at it, I have now been elevated to the God class. When a a person is born again, the Spirit of God comes onto the inside of him. The Spirit of God now partners with your human spirit and you are now a new creation and you are elevated in the spirit realm. Wow, this is amazing. This, my friend, is the new you. Your new normal will be defined by your revelation of this truth. We can be defined by what is happening out there in the world or we can be defined by what uh, is taking place on the inside. And the scripture this morning says, if, you, uh, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And this is an incredible mystery. This is the mystery of godliness that we were talking about last week. It is a faith thing. And you can also neglect this reality. You can get in the wrong space. You can get run down and you can be uh, beaten by circumstances. But nevertheless, you are, according to the scripture, one of God's greatest miracles. God's greatest miracle, in a sense, is the new creation. Paul's apostolic focus is made clear in the New Testament when he talks about the inward man. And this morning, last week, we talked about Christ in you and Christ in me, the hope of glory. This morning, I'm really talking about the inward man and how we need to cooperate with God to build the inner man so that we become strong on the inside. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Sorry, 3, verse 13. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. God wants to strengthen every believer in the inner man. 
And uh, this is right in the heart of the book of Ephesians because God was bringing a whole uh, city, a whole region into transition. And there are a couple of real keys here. And uh, one of them is, is Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1. He prayed an incredible prayer as the father of the church. And he said, I pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And moving a little bit long now, he's giving them another vital key. He's saying, I pray that you would be strengthened with his spirit in the inner man. You know, this is very important because God wants us to be strong. You, may, you must pay attention to your inner world and to your inner man. Paul prayed for them to be strengthened, and so do I. I think about this. I pray for this for our church. I pray for you uh, that you would be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in such a way that the indestructible life of Christ becomes formed on the inside of you. The Bible is clear. We will have trials. We will have testings. And from time to time, although we don't want it, and we may think that we don't deserve it, but shakings will come. It happened in the early church, so it will happen to us. But don't worry this morning, it's part of life. In fact, sometimes the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and testings. This is James chapter 1, because this is producing something of God on the inside of us as we respond the right way. But the reality is, is that sometimes you can become a little bit shell-shocked, you can become disconnected, you can become broken, and sometimes even a little bit damaged, because we are in the heat of the battle. This morning is important because these simple few keys can turn everything around so that you can begin to find your space with him and you can partner with him to rebuild your inner world and to build up the inner man, the hidden man of the spirit, the spirit man that is on the inside of you. These principles this morning, I wanted to give you a few principles that will really help you. Number one is the principle of continually returning to his presence. Sometimes you can get sidelined somewhere and you have to find a way back. Uh, so life, as I said, can knock you. You can become buffeted. Now, I, I know most of our congregation, I know most of our congregation during this shaking that we are in, are doing quite well. But sometimes people are really shaken by it. And I know that this week I've spoken to people from outside our city and locality that have lost jobs. I've heard of uh, a real increase in the you know, uh, personal difficulties that a people are having. Domestic violence is up. You know, the uh, incidence of acute mental illness is up. And, you know, this is what is happening. So the government is starting to throw more money, uh, you know, at the issue of mental, mental health, which is a really big issue in our society. But this morning, I want to bring things back into perspective. Sometimes you get sidelined somewhere. Sometimes you get lost along the way and you have to find your way back. Uh, I wanted to say this, that no struggle that you have is in vain if we can respond to God the right way. Now, the principle here is that we need to continually return and find his presence. This year, we've been talking a lot about returning to the upper room. And, you know, when you are in times of stress, we can shut down on the inside and we can distance ourselves or we can come right back into that upper room and we can find our place there with God. Because God is there. He's waiting for you to come to the upper room. I really believe this is such a critical key to the time that we are in that we will continually return to his presence. It is a lifestyle choice. And while we are in lockdown, while we're in ISO, we have time, 
More time than we did before to find our place in the presence of God. Don't stay lost. Find your space with him. And, uh, you know, that can be a geographical place. Over the years, I've gone to uh, different places where I felt God's there. You know, I've gone there to meet with God. I used to go out into the hills in the pines there and find my space with God. But I want to encourage you this morning to find your space with God. You know, we have prayer every morning. We call the prayer meeting the upper room and we invite everybody into the upper room for our Zoom meeting in the morning. But maybe there is a place where you can go each week and you can find your peace with him. Unfortunately for our brothers and sisters in Melbourne, that will have to be within five kilometres of home. Here we've got a little bit more radius that we can use. Uh, the, pr the principle of continually returning to his presence will be a real key for you. Now, now listen, you know, when the battles come and when the intensity of the battle is heating up, you know, you can become knocked, you can become sidelined and you can become disconnected. Don't stay there. Decide in your heart, I am going to find a way to change that. I'm going to come back to the presence of God and I'm going to find my space with him. That is principle number one. Number two this morning is that we need to remember his word. This is a habit that you must battle in your life. The scripture says, uh, sorry, it's a habit that you must establish in your life. In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This morning I am holding a Bible which we call the word. And it is the written revelation of who Christ is. But this morning it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And, and, and sorry, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What we've got to do is uh, apply this principle in our lives regularly of remembering His Word. A couple of thoughts on this. This has been such a, a, a key for me. In my early days, I, uh, I was taught the value of memorising scriptures. And uh, if I had my time again, I would give a lot more attention to this. It seems like the Holy Spirit in my early days led me to verses that became part of my foundation. Um, and if you can understand the spiritual technology of memorizing and receiving and, and saying what God says about you from your spirit man, from the inner man, and about you now, this can bring great change in your life. So the first thing is we need to re continually return to his presence. But the second thing we need to do is we need to remember what God says in his presence. If you can understand what I'm talking about, this can become an amazing thing. So like I said, years ago, I, uh, I memorized whole chapters and, you know, many verses. And it's like when you are in the heat of the battle, it is like that becomes your weaponry. You know, the word of God becomes your defense. So, so you know, there is so much going on in our world right now that is competing for our mental real estate. But what we need to do on a regular basis is come back to the word and commit key parts of it to memory because this is something very powerful. In fact, the psalmist said, um, your word have I laid up in my heart that I may not sin against you. See, the memory, the mind is the doorway to the heart in this respect. Because what we do is we begin to memorize the scripture. We begin to speak the scripture. We, we begin to take it onto the inside of us and we begin to speak it out. And that is what brings incredible change. Now, I wanted to go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Well, firstly, verse uh, 10, verse 17. And it says here that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God is a spirit, right? And you are a spirit. You have a spirit on the inside. You have a soul, but you have a spirit. And this is the God part of you. This is the part of you that was created to connect with God. 
Are you hearing me this morning? Is, is this okay? So this spirit part of you on the inside needs to be alive. It needs to be alert. It needs to be switched on. And, and you know, the word of God that comes onto the inside of you is what activates your spirit man. So uh, when we begin to receive the word, when we begin to hear the word of God, it creates faith in the inner man. And then when faith rises, we speak out. And it is that word, it is like that word that has been revealed to us that has the power to change the environment around about us. Now in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now faith does not necessarily come by reading the word of God. We can become informed by reading the, God, the Word of God. But it is when that Word that is written in the book, when those page, words on the page begin to become alive on the inside of me, it produces faith on the inside. So in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, But what does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, in your inner man, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is what the scripture says. Now, this is really incredible because you see something's happening here. Firstly, somebody is bringing the word and somebody is hearing the word. But it is when something begins to happen in the heart, salvation, the process of salvation begins to take place. But it is when somebody on the inside says, yes, I believe, and they speak out what they believe, that the salvation is confirmed. I remember when I first started going to a church in Bendigo, back, in, back when in the first year of our marriage, we started going to the church there. And every Sunday, I heard, I used to go to hear Pastor George McMahon uh, preach. And he was a big, tall guy, he was a funny guy, and he used to remind me of that guy called John Cleese. And he had such a powerful way of communicating the word in such a way that I could understand it. And he talked about this verse every Sunday night when I went. He said, if you confess, sorry, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I thought, is it that easy to be saved? Just to believe, just to receive and just to confess. But do you know what happens when you, in your heart, believe? That is one step, and it's a very powerful step. But the next step is the confession of your mouth. Because when you confess with your mouth, yes, Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to live for him and I'm going to serve him, then your world begins to change. Now, I want to come back this morning because, you see, sometimes we can become buffeted in our world. We can become sidelined in our world. We can become knocked off, our, uh, off track on our world, and we can begin to believe the wrong thing. And we can feel like, is God there? Is God really looking after me? I want to say, yes, he is. This is just the testing. This is just the trial. You are going to come through this. I want to say this morning that God has given you a future and a hope. You are going to make it because there is the life of Christ on the inside that is growing. And the first day that you received Jesus into your life, you began to live on the inside. This is not an academic thing. There is an intellectual aspect of it. You've got to do the research and you've got to look at the facts and the reality and the historical evidence for who Jesus was. Because in the scripture, there is evidence that demands a verdict. But this is the outside. You see, God is a fact and Jesus is a historical effect, and there is evidence that demands a verdict, but God is spirit, and it's when his spirit comes to live on the inside 
that our own spirit bears witness that we are now children of God. And that is Romans 8.16, I believe. So it's our spirit that bears witness that we are children of God. We are now born again. We are now alive on the, insp- on the inside. But the principle of how salvation takes place is one, we must hear the word. Number two, we receive uh, God into our own life. And when we come to that place of real belief, we begin to speak and salvation takes place. Now, when I first received the Lord, I received salvation from sin. But this morning, we need to receive salvation from fear We need to receive salvation from doubt. We need to receive salvation from the the perversity of the generation. We need to receive salvation from, uh, you know, wrong philosophies and philosophies that are destructive. And sometimes we need to receive salvation from the brokenness that we are in. And, And I'm talking about this because there was a powerful connection between the written word which must become the revealed word and the confession of our mouth. It is when we begin to speak differently. It is when we begin to believe differently on the inside of our heart that things change. This is breakthrough technology, spiritually speaking. If we can pick up what God's saying about us. You know, you see, when we're in negative environment and we've been under pressure for a whole lot of time, there is like a whole lot of voices speaking to us. And fear can begin to come in. And we begin to believe the wrong thing. And we begin to say the wrong thing about ourselves. You know, I know at times when I've been in a dark spot, I've thought, there's no future. You know, I don't think like this now, but I know that when I was growing and when the life of God was being formed on the inside of me, there were times where I'd become a little bit lost and a little bit sidelined and thought, what's the future? What am I doing this for? You know, is there any hope for the future? But as God began to work with me and I began to work with him because God never gives up on you, God has developed a strength on the inside. And this morning, God wants to develop a strength on the inside of you. And one of the key ingredients is taking the Bible and looking for scriptures that talk about your situation and memorizing that word until that word begins to live on the inside of you. So number one, we need to develop the principle of continually returning to his presence. You know, I would suggest that each week, somewhere you organize a date with God. And, you know, for me, I had my patches around town. I used to go out into the pines and spend, you know, most of the day out there. And sometimes it was day after day after day after day. I used to go out to Weir's Crossing and sit by the crossing out there and read my Bible and go and walk and pray. And, you know, it was in these times that God was forming something on the inside. He was building a future, a foundation for the future. And you know, I believe that this is what God wants to do with you this morning. Maybe it, you know, you're in that space where life has hit you and some of the situations that you've been going through have been chronic. And you know, that can be very difficult. I want to say to you this morning, don't give up. Go back to where the answer is. Go back to the presence of God. In fact, it says in the scripture, what shall we do when the foundations are destroyed? This is in the book of Psalms. What shall we do when the foundations are destroyed? And and then the very next verse, it says, the Lord is in his temple. And this is the place that we need to go to to find God. You know, if you're a bit broken down this morning, if you're despondent, if you are hurt, if you can't see a way forward, if your circumstances have become chronic, if you feel like you are, you know, a bit locked into a certain zone and you just can't break out of that negativity, this is what you do. I tell you what, it will take one or two or three weeks of doing this and your life will turn around. You know, have a regular date with Jesus down by the lake. Or, you know, out the road somewhere we can get out and walk with your Bible. Because God is there for you. Now, this is the principle that the Scripture says. It says in the book of James that when you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. 
Do you know what? God is looking for you. God is waiting for you. And we can stay in our circumstances and let worry and concern shut us down or we can return to the presence of God. Learn to develop a habit of returning to that place. And number two, remembering his word. You know, and uh, uh, I'm a good coach in this regard. I, I, I know how to uh, teach people to memorize and, and how to draw the energy and the life out of the word of God. So we need to develop a relationship with the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the Word of God is living, and it is powerful. Now, the young people in our church, the little ones, are memorizing this scripture at the moment, so they'll be excited to hear this this morning. And as I'm reading this scripture, they'll be able to quote, quote it with me, all these little guys. It says in Hebrews 12, For the word of God is living, and it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I could talk about this whole message and dedicate it to this one verse this morning. Because this is such a powerful truth. Firstly, it says the word of God is living. Number two, it is powerful. You know, it's in the book, but it's when we take the word of God out of the book and we begin to use the word in our everyday circumstances that the word begins to live. So when the word is on the inside of my heart, it says here in in Romans chapter 10, it says, what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. So when you have the word of God in your heart, it produces faith. And, you know, when you're under siege, it's like you can take the sword out of its sheath and you have a sword. You have the word of God for the word of God is living, powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged source piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, what can happen is our thinking can become negative. Our thinking can become filled with unbelief and we begin to say the wrong thing. And this is a place where we are operating and living out of our chronic situation. But this morning, God wants to give you the grace to turn that around. Very simple. One, we are going to make an appointment with God, a serious appointment with God where we go to meet with him. And number two, we are going to spend time in his word. Why? Because the word of God is living and it is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the power to turn your life around. This morning, I wanted to say this, any life can turn around. There are many lives in our church, powerful testimonies of God's grace, where lives have turned around. But when we approach God seriously like this, we can go next level. Just say this after me, I want to go to the next level. Do you know why I do that? because I can't remember what I'm going to say next, and it gives me a bit of space. No, it is actually a reality. I tell you what, this is the grace for you to go to the next level. God wants to take you there. This church, City Builders Church, and everyone connected with us is a next level church. Now listen, we are not better than anybody. We are part of the body of Christ in the city and the region. But this church has a vision to take every believer to the next level, to break through every limitation, to break through every boundary, to cross over every river, you know, to climb every mountain. I tell you, God has put the dynamics and the capability on the inside of you to turn not only your life around, but your environment. We don't need to be worried about what the government says, and we don't need to be worried about the globalism. And we don't need to be worried about the vaccines and everything else is that happening because you are God's 
choice instrument in this hour. God is going to use you. And you and God are a majority. And the scripture says, what shall separate us from the love of God? There is absolutely nothing. It talks about it in Romans chapter 8. The scripture says about you that you are more than a conqueror. Not on your own, but it is when we are joined with Christ and we, together we stand in Christ. Now we can say we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. So the Word of God is alive and we can have a relationship with the Word. I'll tell you why we can have a relationship with the Word. Because it's living. It's like we, we, we you know, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. When we get lost in the book, we can ever get lost in the Facebook or we can get lost in another book. And, and you know, I suggest that during this time that we, you know, while we have time, that we raise our investment in our own lives by coming back and committing more of the Word of God to memory. But the Word of God is alive and we can have a relationship with the word. The scripture says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Sometimes we come broken. Sometimes we're despondent. Sometimes we've begun to believe the wrong thing about our life and our future. Sometimes we've come to a point we are, where we are believing the wrong thing about our husband and about our wife and our children or our parents. But here it says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. The word disciples is talking about those who are being changed day to day in his presence. So, and it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Isn't this amazing that God can do this? It is not an academic thing. You know, uh, uh, it is not an academic thing. Intellect and academics are important, but they must take their place in alignment with the Word of God. This is a spirit thing, and this is a relationship thing. Do you know this? I don't know everything. I haven't got all the answers. But I know the book, and I know the God of the book, and I have a living relationship with the Word of God, so the Word of God speaks to me. The Word of God counsels me. The Word of God leads me. The Word of God sets boundaries for me. But more importantly than that, the Word of God is alive on the inside of me. And when, you know, we have some things going on here because we have my human spirit, we have God's spirit, coming together but now we have the word entering in which is the third dynamic and when these things are working together that is an explosive combination that can see us rise into the next level break through every limitation cross over every boundary and enter into my spiritual destiny so that I can receive my inheritance as a son or a daughter Number three, the third principle I wanted to talk about this morning is the releasing of the Word. It is the Word that builds our spirit, right? And, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Tundi Bakari, who is uh, one of our serious mentors and, uh, by the way, is uh, uh, the secretary of the, uh, the Council of the Commonwealth of South Africa and is likely to be the next... Uh, president of Nigeria, he says this so powerfully, and this is such a truth, that we need to develop our capacity to receive, number one, to retain and release. So you can say that after me. This morning, we need to develop our capacity to receive, to retain, and to release. So you can and you should develop your inner life. Like we can neglect our inner life. We can be indifferent to our inner life. And in this world, people pay a lot of attention to the physical, the academic, but not always the spirit life on the inside. 
So in the West, Western civilization, people are very docile on the inside. And what this means is the enemy can come in at will and he can do what he wants and he can play with them. But I tell you what, if you are strong on the inside, when the enemy comes, he's going to get a response from on the inside. It's like it says in... Um, Isaiah chapter 59, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. You see that? Where is the standard? It's on the inside of your spirit man. It's on the inside where, where people begin to stand up and go, that is enough. Do you know what? I believe this is going to happen in the nations. You know, everybody's talking about this is going to happen and, you know, that's going to happen and, you know, maybe it's the end, maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe that. Well, who knows? But I believe that we are entering in to a, an exciting new era in God. It's almost like a new kingdom age that God is going to cause to be birthed on the earth. Do you know what? I don't believe that the church is going anywhere soon because God has not finished with the church and God is not finished with the nations. God is going to do something. He's going to raise his church. It's going to be a dynamic church in the, in the last days. But it is not the end yet. You know, don't let that thinking overtake you. Don't let that hopelessness take it, overtake you. That is just bad theology that has hijacked people and kept them in a holy huddle. But in this day, God is raising up his church. He's raising up his last day's army. The people of God are going to stand up in this days ahead and we are going to see cities turned around. We are going to see regions turn around and we are going to see nations impacted and the principalities and the powers, the rulers of this present darkness can't do anything because they have a use by date. But the church is connected to the eternal God of heaven. And we are going from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says. The days are bright for you. Don't you allow yourself to get knocked down and shut down and silenced by the environment about you. Don't you let depression overtake you. Don't you give up because greater is he that is in the world than, you know, this is what the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God is on the inside of you. The indestructible life of God is on the inside of you. And you are just starting. And everybody said, Amen. I haven't finished yet. So it says in Ephesians chapter 1, 17 and 18, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him is being, you know, this is Paul's prayer. This is why we need to get it. He prayed, he said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. You know, some nations have firepower, military power, but it is nothing to the power of God that is working on the inside of every believer, that when we begin to realize that power, we can turn everything around. But do you know what? Sometimes we can be so broken, we can be so down, we can be so disconnected, and that comes as a result of being continually hit by circumstances, and sometimes spiritual influence gets on, in on that so it can take you right out of the game. Don't give in. Claw your way back. You might think, but you don't know where I'm at. Well, I've had, I've had some pretty times where I've thought, can I survive this? And every time I just kept coming back to the presence of God. By the grace of God, I might add. And I kept coming back to his word and I kept rebuilding into my life like this. And, you know, I've come to a day where I believe that I can stand in the hour because God has made me strong on the inside. You know, it's the indestructible life that God's put there. You are somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. And you need to realize that it is the life of Christ on the inside. You know, our greatest, uh, our greatest weapon in our artillery to change just about everything is the word that is coming to us in now. You know, I've never ever can remember going to meet with God somewhere where I felt he was silent. 
You know, I've had my times where I've thought, God, where are you? And they've been the challenging times. You know, I think it was St. John of the Cross wrote the book called The Dark Night of the Soul. And it's not unusual for Christians and for men and women to have a dark night of the soul. It's not unusual. But even in that, God is doing something. And the scripture actually says in Romans chapter 4, I think, it says, For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working a far greater weight of glory. Can you imagine that everything that the devil throws about you, everything that life throws about you, every negative circumstances is working in you a far greater weight of glory. God's doing something. And this is where Romans 8.28, it says, All things are working together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. What we need on the inside is a revelation. And revelation begins to flow into our life when we return to the presence of God. It is always the first thing that we've got to do. Second thing is we take the word of God onto the inside of our heart so that it is in our heart. You know, another verse on that in Joshua chapter 1.8, it says, but you shall meditate on this book of the law day and night so that you may keep to everything that is written in it. Then you will prosper. Then you will have good success. You know, I want to really speak that word to people who are feeling this morning I'm failing. No, you're not. You will prosper. You will have good success. You are not finished with yet. We are not finished with yet. God is in his church. God has spoken over his church. And you know, sometimes you look at Christians and they can be such a funny, unusual bunch. Don't worry about that because God is raising you up to be a leader in this time. He's raising you so that he can use you. But we really need to be able to receive his word. Uh, You know, when Jesus was out there in the wilderness, he was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness after he's baptized to do battle with the devil. And the devil tried to beat him in every realm. But this is what the devil said, uh, what Jesus said to the devil. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man doesn't live by bread alone. I'm sure during this wintry season, lots of people have been eating plenty of bread, but we need to make sure that we are eating the right kind of bread. It is the manna that comes from heaven. It's the word of God that is coming onto the inside of us. And you know, when that word is on the inside, we have got something that it will rise up onto our lips, that can change the circumstances of our life and it can eventually maybe even change the direction of a whole family, cities, regions. I believe this emphatically. The scripture says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18.21. You know, don't ever say, I'm hopeless, I'm a failure, I'll never make it. Don't ever say that, don't say it to your children. It is not what God is saying about you. God is saying something totally different about you. And when we have the word, we can begin to fight back. We can begin to take the sword of the spirit and we can begin to unleash it as an offensive weapon. You know, there is a word, uh, a a, um, Hebrew word in the Old Testament, and it is dabar, D-A-B-A-R. And it is talking about the latent power that is on the inside of the word that will bring the word to fulfillment. In other words, when we seriously come to God to find out about a situation and he puts a word on the inside of our heart and we take that word, we meditate on that word. Psalm 1 says, meditating on the word day and night. This is a principle. It's turning it over and over and over again in our mind until we understand it. Then when we release that word out into the atmosphere against our circumstances, the darbar of God is on the inside of that word. This is why the word of God will never return void. So this is very, very powerful. And number four this morning is the principle of renewal. The last principle 
The work of the, this speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside. The Holy Spirit is renewing me day by day. You know, day by day as I come to God, I am being renewed on the inside. And, uh, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, it talks about how when we pray with the Spirit and when we pray in the Spirit, it edifies and it builds us up. You know, we need to give ourselves to God like this. So, you know, we are praying with the Word in the Spirit and we are building something so strong on the inside. You know, if, if um, I... I could pray for you, I'd pray this prayer, God, give each one of us a strong spirit so that we are able to stand in the day, so that we will not be fearful, so that we will not bow to what we shouldn't, so that we will be able to stand in the day. Because I tell you, this is my heart for city builders, for our church, and for everyone connected with us, that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that we could understand what is the hope of his calling. And so that our spirits would be strong on the inside, strong enough to say, that's enough, devil. You stop there. You're not coming into my space. Now, I tell you what, you can't stop what's happening in the world around us alone. You alone can't. The corporate church that God's raising up will be given great grace to displace principalities and powers. But you on your own can't stop what's happening around about you. But you can stop what enters into your thinking and what enters into your heart. So day by day you need an ongoing renewal. In other words, don't pray for a revival as much as you would pray, God, renew me on the inside. Make me strong on the inside. God, let there be faith on the inside and you pray over your own life that. Now, you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to make a song and dance. You just got to pray like that. And, you know, I remember when I went through burnout, I used to write my prayers on paper because I couldn't find the strength to pray. I used to write my prayers on paper and go, there you are, God. But do you know what? Returning to the presence of God, you'll go from your place of being broken down to finding life again, and you will find strength in the inner man. Paul prayed, he said, I pray that you would be strengthened with, or, I better go there so I don't misquote it, I pray that you would be, that he would grant you it according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit. Through whose spirit? Through his spirit in the inner man. So this is talking about your inner man. I tell you what, this is important because the scripture says out of the inner man, out of the heart come the issues of life. You know, it is like what is on the inside of you is the most important part of you. That is why we've got to look past the extre extremities, you know, past the outside package to what's on the inside. When, when uh, Samuel came to anoint Jesse's son, Everyone else, they didn't even bother bringing David out, but the prophet Samuel said, there must be another one. And, he, and Jesse brought his son David, and he said, this is the one, and he anointed him. Because God doesn't look at the outward man. God looks at the inward man. He looks at the heart. He's look at, looking for faith. He's looking for somebody who is on the inside saying yes. And, and I really believe this that the people that God is going to use most in the days ahead are not necessarily the well-qualified, not necessarily the academic, not necessarily the intellectual or the noble, but God's going to use the foolish things of this world because then we know that it is really God. You know, you can look through the archives of history and even back uh, uh, nearly a, a century ago where God raised up a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth who was an illiterate plumber, who God actually, the way that he learned to read and write was through learning the scripture. And God used that man as a great revivalist throughout the nations who saw every conceivable miracle in his lifetime in Australia and in New Zealand, very well documented. I tell you what, God's not interested 
in how good you look or how polished the building is or what our performance is looking for. He's looking for what's on the inside of you. He's looking to see, will I find faith in that man? Will I find a response in that woman? This is what God's looking for. Will I find faith? The scripture says, Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? It depends what we do now. Will we place our trust on everything that's happening out there? I wouldn't do that if I were you. Anything could happen. Uh, the unprecedented or the season of the unprecedented is just starting. But I tell you this, if you pay attention and, and you can learn and you can pick up what I'm talking about this morning, God will cause you to enter into a great season and in a great future. I want to speak to those this morning who are really damaged and maybe even emotionally damaged this morning. I tell you, if you return to God and you just begin to take time out with him, make a quality appointment with him, you know, somewhere where you just go to meet with him and you begin to receive into your heart his word again and you begin to speak not necessarily what you've been thinking during this time, but what God says about your situation, your life will turn around. God wants to turn you around. Just really great that you've been able to join us this morning. And uh, I just really thank God that you are here. And I believe this morning that would people who really do need a rebuild on the inside because life has hit you, but you can turn this. You know, you can turn this, but you never will if you are indifferent to his word. Sometimes it takes a breakthrough. Sometimes it takes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a decision to come back. You know, what do you do if the foundations are destroyed? Return to the temple. The Lord is in the temple. God wants to rebuild you. You know, I said before that you were God's field. You know, what is sown onto the inside of your life, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, whatever is sown onto the inside of your life is going to reap a harvest. Negative belief will reap a harvest, unfortunately. Ungodly behavior and action and words will reap a harvest. The scripture says God's not weary, uh, not, God is not mocked. Man will reap what he sows, you will. So let's do this differently. The scripture says, you know, that you are God's field. So sow the word of God into that field. And it also says you are God's building. You are. And it's not the outer man, you know. Uh, you know, it's not the outside man. It's the inner man. It's the inner man that God's talking about. But it's when we, our spirit receives, we receive into our spirit the spirit of God. The two become one. And we become the most powerful partnership. This is how it was always intended to be. Me and you, but especially you and God. You and God are the majority. You know, I tell you what, God wants to raise you up. He wants to make you someone. He wants you to shrug off that fear, the negativity, the intimidation. Shrug off everything that the culture is telling you that you should do. And come back to God this morning. Return to the presence of God. Develop a habit of doing it. And this morning, you know, if you know that you've been outside of where you can be, I just really want to pray that you would be able to enter into that, that place and that space with God. Because God's grace is here this morning just to bring you right back to where you should be. What an amazing morning to be tuned in uh, to the Word of God because God is about ready to do something in you. Can you pray with me this morning? We're going to pray a simple prayer, taking the first step this morning of inviting Jesus into our life. This is possibly the most important step that people could make uh, you know, from in their life. And I did this 41 years ago. And from that point, my life just changed. And I feel, you know... Uh, just so blessed to be standing in the perfect will of God for my life. It has not been a perfect journey. But the minute you open the door of your life to Christ, he will come in and he will change you. And we're going to pray that this morning. Would you like to pray after me?
Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will follow you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day with your family and your friends and a wonderful week.